Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. So here we are, guys, already in episode five. And so it's been an incredible experience already just going on this journey with you. And I hope that Marriage Ignited has been a blessing to you. And maybe you have heard that there's this little thing going around called the coronavirus. So if you are currently socially distancing yourself in a preventative measure or maybe not so preventative measure, then this is a great time to catch up on the podcast if you missed any past episodes. Because right now we are currently in the middle of a series talking about barriers to intimacy. So we started off by talking about barriers to emotional intimacy, and then we defined a little bit what spiritual intimacy is, because there's a lot of confusion about that. And then our last episode, we actually talked about barriers specifically to spiritual intimacy. And today is the day. And so this is the day that everybody, when you're thinking about intimacy, you're likely thinking about this. So we are going to talk about physical intimacy. So we are going to have an adult conversation about sex today on the podcast. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> All right. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Definitely, we encourage you to go back to those previous episodes and get caught up. We have covered some really great content, but we're going to continue the conversation about intimacy. And we're using the dictionary.com definition, which is a close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving relationship with another person or group. So intimacy is about that closeness that we have. It reflects a unity and a healthy growth in our marriage. And this is something that we all desire. You guys, God created sex to be a spectacular celebration of the marriage covenant. Unfortunately, just like many areas of our life, sin has come in and really tried to destroy what God created, what God's perfect, beautiful design. Sin has come in and really corrupted that. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. So what is sin? So sin is any attitude that deals with our heart, any action that deals with our hands, that goes against God's holy character. So that is the way in which God has revealed himself and who God is and all that he's about and God's holy law, the things that God explicitly prohibits. There are things very clear in scripture that God says, don't do this, don't do that. And then there are other things in which by the nature of God and we look at his character or his person, we can understand that those actions or attitudes would go against him. And that's what really sin is all about. It starts in the heart before it ever manifests itself into action. And so sin is very, very important. If it wasn't so important, Jesus wouldn't have died for it. That's how important this concept of sin is. It's what separates us from a holy God. So you guys, maybe you're like me. Everybody grew up in a different way, okay? A lot of times if you grew up in the church in the like 80s and 90s, the only time you ever heard about sex was basically don't do it, it's a sin. Um, so, you know, premarital sex according to God's word, is a sin. And so that was so emphasized. A lot of times, like, that was the only time it was talked about. Or maybe you were even grew up in a home where it wasn't talked about at all. It was just, like, absent from the conversation. But that is not the biblical picture at all. God has a, God's word has a lot to say about sex, and it's actually a beautiful celebration that he created. So, Sex in marriage is a masterpiece by our creator, taking sex outside of its perfectly designed context, making it an act of self rather than of union 
or anything that desecrates the sacred marriage covenant is like taking scissors to a priceless work of art. We love this quote by Elizabeth Key, and I think it so beautifully takes a imagery with the artwork and the scissors of what God designed and how within the context of marriage, it truly is a masterpiece um, that God intends for us to have within our marital relationships. But outside of that, it totally desecrates what God's design is. Right from the very beginning in Genesis, we get kind of the first glimpse of what this sexual relationship will look like within the context of marriage. So in Genesis chapter 2, Starting at verse 21, verses 21 to 25, it reads as this. So the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed it up in its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Oh, we love that passage so much. So one of the things that I love about that passage is that God literally walks the first woman down the aisle, so-called, to his wife, and the husband breaks out in song. He's so excited. Isn't that Uh so cool? You guys, this is the first marriage, the first wedding that we ever, that ever happened. And we get an awesome, beautiful picture of it here. God's purpose for the husband and wife is to become one flesh. That is both a supernatural act where we both become one flesh in a spiritual sense, but it's also in the physical. God's word is recording their honeymoon here. And they are both naked and not ashamed. Talk about intimacy. They were fully exposed, fully known, naked, and yet unashamed. It's amazing. Completely vulnerable they were. That's and that's what God's design is for healthy, you know, biblical, godly intimacy. So we want to go ahead and talk about barriers. And so just like we've been doing in this series, we're going to kind of give you three. And these are definitely not exhaustive, but these are three barriers that we have run across. I'm going to begin by just telling you what they are. And then we're going to kind of break down these three barriers. So here are three barriers that we see that affect physical intimacy. So number one is modern day idols. Number two is sexual sin and pornography. And then number three is self-image. So let's talk a little bit about modern day idols. Colossians chapter three, verses one to five reads as follows. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So when we see anything, any, any, anything above God and above our spouse, that thing is an idol. That is like the simplest way, the clearest way we can put it. 
And so some of the idols that we see in our culture in this day and age, a lot of times children can be an idol. Yeah. God really prioritized and, and sets a really clear standard for what our priorities should be in our families. And that starts with our relationship with him then our relationship with our spouse, and then our children. So how many of you guys know a family out there that has those priorities out of order? When our children are our top priority before God and before our spouse, things get out of balance and you can see it. It's evident. And so this is something that is totally affects the marital relationship. Another modern day idol is Keeping up with the Joneses. So when we're trying to compete with things or with activities or with accomplishments, those things often prohibit or barrier are a barrier to our physical intimacy with our spouse. But the thing that we want to kind of focus on is screens. Y'all, we have some personal stories Adrian's going to share with you as well. But screens have become such a huge barrier in the bedroom, <laughs> a huge barrier to physical intimacy. Those screens can include cell phones, tablets, televisions, social media, movie, TV, the internet, video games, all these types of screen activities absolutely become a barrier and, and, and an idol in our lives that will prohibit and hinder your intimacy with your spouse. We love technology, you guys. We are yes. doing a podcast, right? Now. <laughs> a video. I mean, we love technology. We are a family that celebrates being born in this generation where we have access to the best media in the world, constant evolution of technology that is just so exciting to live in this era where we have online church and YouTube and all the things, right? We love those kind of things. But at any given moment, in any given day, our cell phones are right next to us within a, within a hand's reach. And that can become a problem. As awesome as all that is, it can get in the way. As great as it all is, it can affect the physical intimacy in our marriages. So you're going to tell them our story. So we just want to tell you a little bit about our story as it relates to technology and some of the boundaries we put in place to help us related to physical intimacy. We've learned a lot and we are still learning a lot when it comes to that. So about a year ago, the Lord really kind of began working on our hearts about uh, how connected we really were specifically to our cell phone. We are probably like most of you, that you had your cell phone right beside your bed, charging at night, and maybe you even used it as an alarm like we used to use it as an alarm. There's nothing necessarily in and of itself bad with that. But what we noticed was when we would be in bed together at night and we weren't necessarily going to sleep, we'd just be next to each other and we'd be on screens. It kind of like be those people like you see in the restaurant sitting across from each other just on the screen, except we were just doing it in bed, right? And the first thing that would happen in the morning was that we were immediately pulling out our phone and looking at our screen as well. And this started really carving into our physical intimacy. And we noticed it as being symptomatic of something that was deeper. So we made a radical kind of change that we told some people about this and some people think it's crazy. We think it's a blessing. We have now started at night putting our phones where they're not easily accessible. So Jen charges her phone in the bathroom. I leave mine out in the living room. It's not on my bedstand for me to be able to easily grab it. Specifically, more so even Jen, we've kind of taken this thing in the morning where we don't even look at it for like the first hour of the morning as well. And we try to keep that away from us just not to be distracted, whether it's by email, text, whatever the things that may come in. And we have noticed, ironically, that our intimacy has increased because of that because we didn't realize how much that was carving into 
our physical intimacy. You guys, this was a radical, radical change. I have to tell you, when I first kind of heard some different teaching on it and some suggestions about it, I submitted it to Adrian and he was like, what? Not really feeling it, you know, kind of really pushing back with the idea. And then we tried it during our 21 days of prayer and fasting in 2019. And we were amazed. It really impacted our lives in a lot of ways. Our spiritual life was better and healthier. Our emotional life was healthier. But also, we were having sex more. And we we were just really thriving in that area. And it was kind of eye-opening. I feel like that was what was the most eye-opening for you, was that that increased. So then he was like, we need to keep doing this. Like, Yes. (laughs) Like, that was so... So life-giving and fruitful for our marriage. That was one that really, really made such a huge difference. Just try it. So we definitely want to recommend that, you guys. Here are some ways to regularly fast from technology that just produce fruit in your marriage. And one of the areas of fruit will be an increase in physical intimacy. At least it was for us, and we pray it will be for you. So keeping the cell phones in another room, like Adrian said, We each keep our cell phones like totally in another room. I have kind of created this rhythm in my life where I don't even touch my cell phone for the first few hours of the day. And it has just been really, really fruitful. Fasting technology, maybe one day a week, maybe one week a month, you know, something like that where you can really put it in its proper place. It's a wonderful tool, but it shouldn't be your master, right? So that's a really good thing. Stealing a line from my husband's sermon this week. Yes. Set some periods of fasting of technology, you know, create some, just talk about it together and and maybe create some fasting from it. Also, not having a TV in the bedroom. Wow. You guys, when we speak and we've talked about this and and some of you guys have been a part of those conferences and uh, different gatherings where we've spoken. When we talk about not having a TV in the bedroom, it is amazing the response that we get from people. It's crazy to me. And I think about it from a practical level. If you have a TV in the bedroom, you should just think and just chart out for a week how your intimacy is affected. I don't understand how you can have a TV in the bedroom and not have your intimacy affected. And the visceral reaction we get to that is like, ah, oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, so. like the world is ending. But honestly, you guys, that has been something super life-giving for us. And so I just want to recommend that. Try that out and see, just see how it produces life. Just like Adrian, when I first suggested the cell phones out of the bedroom at night, he was like, but then once he saw the fruit of it, he was like, yes, we need more of this. So fellas, this is going to work for you. (laughs) Try it out. All right. Those are some suggestions. Obviously, you guys, God's word says that when we seek him first, laying aside anything that would come before him, that would come before our spouse. We're honoring his design for physical intimacy and he will bless it. It is just solid every time. Right, babe? Yeah, it is. Yes. It is solid. He will bless it. All right, so let's keep going on our sec- on our um, barriers. The second barrier we want to talk a little bit about is the idea of sexual sin and pornography. Now, the Bible talks specifically about sexual sin in two specific contexts. Number one, adultery. We kind of know what that means, just stepping out on your spouse. And then the second one is this umbrella concept of sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is really any sexual thought or action that goes outside the boundary of God's word. That's considered sin, and that is the umbrella of sexual immorality. Under sexual immorality, as it relates to physical intimacy barriers, pornography is huge. It is something that we have seen that is so, so, so huge. So why don't you talk a little bit about that Pornography is just a barrier that has been absolutely destroying marriages of 
people that we know all throughout our culture. It's everywhere. And it is absolutely destroying marriages. So why is that? Pornography is really a huge, it's a crushing thing to the self-image of your spouse. So if one spouse is using pornography and the other one isn't, let's say, it can be really crushing, right? Because who can live up to those images and that those methods or whatever, you know what I mean? Like nobody can, nobody can live. It's not realistic. It's not sustainable. It's not, you know, and so it's just crushing to the self image of your spouse. Let's just say it how it is. Your spouse should never have to be compared to a porn star, right? So, I mean, to think that they would look a certain way, do a certain thing or whatever, that's, that's setting yourself up for failure. And that's why it goes outside the context of God's design. And it really sabotages your ability to have a really healthy and normal sex life because of the sexually explicit material. So in many marriages, the spouse spouse isn't interested in his or her spouse or his or her spouse because they're programmed to respond to a much higher erotic material or erotic stimulation. And so it can be really, really harmful, just destructive to marriages. And that's why, if you think about it, God put sex within the context and boundary of marriage. He wants us to enjoy it. It's a gift. And he doesn't put any regulation on it in the context of marriage. He says, you know, you can have it as frequently as you want. You know, the marriage bed is sacred, scripture says, and all these other different things. So he puts it within that confine, I think, as a protective measure to protect us from things like pornography and other sexual kind of sins. If you think about it this way, this is exactly the confines within marriage is how we can enjoy the highest level of intimacy because that's what God will bless. So since God's saying that I'm going to put my stamp of approval on this, on sex within the confines of marriage, it is literally the highest level of intimacy that you can have with another individual is to be physically vulnerable in that way. But then just have it blessed by God. I mean, that is the best kind of sex that you could ever have. There's only so much that you can even get from a screen. A screen can't even interact with you in that way. It's so crazy to think about that. But this is what God wants for us. God wants you to have, even as a believer, I can say it this way, God wants you to have good sex, right? Because he actually made it that way to be able to bless it, to protect you and also for your enjoyment. Exactly. So if pornography has become a barrier to your physical intimacy, we want to give you a few few tools or suggestions to kind of help you navigate through. That can be a really hard thing to navigate. We're not saying it's simple at all. And if that's something that we can pray with you about, you know, please reach out to us privately. But what are some things that we can kind of do? Well, here's just a few suggestions of things that you can do. Number one is that be honest with your spouse about your use of pornography. So if you are struggling in this area, one of the biggest things is that sin lives within secret and clouds itself in shame. And so be able to be honest with your spouse about your use of pornography. It starts there. Exposing that brings starts to the process of healing. But if you are not the spouse who is using pornography, but you know that your, your uh, spouse is using pornography, then be so bold to have a courageous conversation and address it with them and tell them how uncomfortable that makes you feel. So that way the conversation can begin. So that's number one. Number two is also pray with a trusted friend or seek the counsel of a pastor and get somebody involved that can be able to help you to be able to pray through this and be that first level Really, this is really important, especially for guys. I know that, well, it's really the same for girls, is to have that accountability. So to be able to speak to somebody that you can speak to honestly and say, I'm struggling with this, not only so they can pray with you, but then maybe they can have levels of accountability with you. There's lots of software even out there now that helps prevent 
with pornography and sends out reports and filters websites and stuff like that. And then maybe you can have somebody who's trusted to be able to help you uh, as you monitor through that and walk through that. And then also guys, counseling, we're always advocates for counseling. And so this is a huge issue that can start off very small, but be- very quickly become a snowball and go out, go out yeah. of control. Yeah. So address it with counseling. So get professional help if you need to, as a couple, to be able to deal with this issue before it consumes and destroys your marriage. All right. So the third barrier is self-image. Adrian and I have been married for going on 15 years. And so we've been through different seasons within our marriage of being a little bit more vulnerable about how we look, whether it be because of health or because of weight, you know, experience this. And I know that this can be a real barrier for people, especially in the longevity of your relationship, right? Because our bodies change over time. Our stamina changes over time. Our health changes over time. Our energy levels and circumstances in life just change over time. And so sometimes self-image is a barrier and one that can um, actually, you know, really impact our physical relationship with our spouse. Self-image is a way is the way that we view ourselves. This is our appearance, our personality, our abilities. And this can be such, you know, such a huge barrier. We live in a culture of comparison. It's constant, uh-huh. especially on social media, you guys. It's almost like an everyday thing, right? Where men and women alike are going to really extreme lengths to look a certain way or to feel better about themselves are really going to like such huge lengths. So this can be such a barrier to our physical intimacy. And so what we want to recommend you guys, if this is you, if you're struggling, you know, try to be honest with your spouse and just let them know, like, I'm struggling with how I'm looking right now. You may be, your spouse may have no idea. They probably don't. Remember what we said a few weeks ago, they can't read your mind, right? And so you have to just be able to own your stuff and say, you know, I'm not feeling really great right now about myself. It's not stimulating when it comes to physical intimacy. Yeah. It, it makes you not want, it makes you want to shut down, not rev up, if I can say it that way, right? So that's something that, you know, be honest with yourself, with your spouse, and hopefully you have that safe environment in your marriage where you can share that vulnerably that you're feeling hard, you know, you're having a hard time with it. And how much more can you increase intimacy? This works both, uh, I think, emotional and physical together in this way, that if your spouse was to tell you that I'm not feeling really good about the way that I look right now, and you tell them, honey, you are absolutely beautiful to me. I am. I love having physical intimacy with you. I am so attracted to you. And you're able to verbally affirm you're increasing emotional intimacy, and then you're cultivating a way and a path for them to be able to feel safe to then bridge that physical intimacy as well. That will just increase that way. Our words have the ability to build up in that way. And we should build up when it comes to that related to our spouse when it comes to physical intimacy. Exactly. And so if your spouse is, you know, if you can sense that, or if they, if they share with you that they're struggling with their self-image, And that has been, you can tell that it's kind of been preventing having sex. I think that one of the suggestions that we have is to just be really affirming. Use your words, words wisely, like Adrian said, speak life over your spouse, letting them know that you love them unconditionally and that you desire them. That is such a powerful tool. Our words of affirmation are a powerful tool to overcoming this really challenging barrier. And over the seasons, like I said, over the seasons of marriage, those of you guys who've been married 20, 30, 40 years who are listening to this podcast, 
I know that you can say that this is definitely something that comes up for all of us, right? We all, our bodies are constantly changing. And so this can be something that will be easily overcome through honesty and through affirmation. That intimacy will be increased rather than decreased. So guys, we want to leave you with one final thought before we give you this week's tool. God created sex to be a spectacular celebration of the marriage covenant. It is something we can get excited about. It is something that he gave to us as a precious gift. And every season of life comes with its own challenges. And this intimacy is going to be something you have to fight for. And it is going to be something that every, with the changing seasons of life, there are going to be new challenges that you will have to conquer to continue to make this a priority for you to invest in your physical intimacy. So no matter what season of life that you are in right now, please prioritize this physical intimacy. We love this phrase that says, stop the glorification of busy. Now, sometimes we are just too busy and things get in our way, those distractions. And so if we are too busy to connect with our spouse physically, then maybe we are just plain too busy. And some of those things need to be reprioritized and changed. God gave you this gift, guys. It's awesome. Celebrate it as you grow in your physical intimacy with one another. So you guys are going to love this week's tool. I think we shared shared last week that you guys were going to just absolutely love this tool. We were at a conference several years ago for a ministry through Queens, New York, through Pete Scazzarzo. And we'll go ahead and link the books down below in the description. It was Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. They have emotionally healthy relationships, marriages, leadership, all different books and resources. So at this conference, this author was sharing his practice with his wife, which is 20 minutes every day of skin on skin. Okay, so it can't be clearer, right? Literally skin on skin for 20 minutes every, and they do it every single day. They're, they've been married for many, many years, and they were saying that this has been really a turning point. So we left that conference and we gave it a try. How would you say it's gone? well we haven't done it every single day right but and i think the whole point is is that you're in such a vulnerable state doing that and it doesn't always lead to sex but i can tell you right now we have a lot more sex because of it it does lead to it quite often so it does doesn't always lead to intercourse i've enjoyed it yeah so like (laughs) the 20 minutes honestly have been really vulnerable if you think about being naked you know obviously it's very vulnerable it's been a really, a really awesome opportunity to connect emotionally and then obviously physically. It's just been such a healing, healing, healing process. So homework for you this week, married couples, we want you guys to try this out. 20 minutes of skin on skin. That 20 minutes is not including intercourse. That's kind of like before intercourse, I guess. Yeah. If intercourse happens, yay. But that's really not the goal here. The goal is intimacy, true intimacy that connects you with each other, that that really ignites your marriage. This has been something that has been fantastic, and we're so grateful for this simple tool. So we try to utilize it as often as we can, and it has been so life-giving for our relationship in many, many ways. So we can't wait to hear how this is working for you so you can thank us later. (laughs) Thank us later, okay? (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So on our next episode, we are going to transition away from this series, and we're actually going to be looking at 10 budget-friendly date ideas and uh, date ideas while you are socially distancing yourself during this uh, coronavirus situation. So we're going to kind of try to wrap it up in that way. 
We are huge advocates for dating your spouse. So we'll tell you kind of what a date entails in our minds and give you some ideas to be able to date your spouse. So we don't want any of this situation that's happening right now in our world to impact our marriages, right? This should actually draw us closer together rather than push us apart. And so we're hoping that these tools that we're providing for you can really help build that bridge, especially in this crazy season right now while we're socially distancing. So we're going to be providing you 10 amazing dates that you can do even while you're socially distancing that really can help ignite your marriage. Yeah. So guys, be looking for new episodes to drop every single Tuesday. That's our commitment. And if you are viewing this on the YouTube channel and you like the content that you are seeing, please consider subscribing to this channel and hit the little notification bell. So that way you can be alerted when we post new stuff. And excitingly, guys, we hit our 100 subscribers. Yay to you all for doing that so quickly, which is so awesome. And so we hope that this has been a blessing to you. So if you enjoyed this video, please share it with somebody else. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, then please rate us on whatever podcast service that you listen to this on. It will really help to bring Exposure to Marriage Ignited and share this with a friend and consider sharing it on social. If you share it on social, tag us. We'd love to get social with you guys and see how you're utilizing this podcast to ignite your marriage. Thanks for coming along this journey, you guys. We're hoping that this has really been an awesome tool for you. We are excited for you to share in the comments any topics that you want us to cover. We have a few really awesome topics coming up, but we'd love to hear from you. Some topics that you're interested in hearing. And then we will see you next Tuesday with some 10 great date ideas. All right, guys, we will see you then. See you next Tuesday. See you then. Bye.